Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is going on everybody? My name is Cotter Lawler. Welcome to a very special Lazarus Pit episode of the Heroes for Hire podcast. If you are Jardigus, you're Jardigus over at our Patreon and this is our lovely patron exclusive content. So as always I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mead. Sean, how is it going? I'm good. I've been trying to think if there's a way to get, you know, Patreon exclusive content and Lazarus Pit to wrap all that up in a neat yeah. little package that's yeah. easy to easy to market, easy mm. to chat about. But, there, but there's no way to do it, so I moved on. Uh, no, Connor, I did have one idea. <laughs> okay. It's the so what we have here is that we have the Lazarus Pit exclusive for Patreons. So I think we call it Le Pefp. <laughs> really trying to break into that French market. <laughs> for, for those who don't know that translates literally to the pep <laughs> to anybody who doesn't know that translates directly to die Bart die um, no, it's so Bart D. I, I was hoping to be called it would be you could call it it's hip it's now it's wow and how <laughs> what can you do um, that is a reference to the movie we are doing today and that is we we went into the hat as always and we pick out one film all of you lovely patrons all recommend movies and true well, text true text or direct message or on the Patreon we have a pelp post every month that people can comment and read it and he I was very worried everyone. this month because last month we had a good movie and karma tells me that there's very few good movies and there's a whole host of bad movies because and I say this with love but you're all feckin' devils you know what I mean you um, all want to make our lives actively worse <laughs> so, at least one day a month so we had a good mood last month and I knew going into the hat I thought 
It's going to be a bad one. And Roisin had recommended Batman 66, so I was thinking, hopefully not that. And then Sean Jamieson, one of the other patrons, Sphere for a Head himself, decided that he would um, he would recommend Catwoman, which put me off immediately. I thought, these two are in it. I never in my wildest dreams considered an old recommendation would also still be in the hat. And that is Spider-Man 3, Sean. Um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. This is the first direct sequel we've ever done on the Lazarus Pit. Because we, of course, did Spider-Man 2 February of last month? Or was it March of last month? If It was a year ago now before, you know, the, her- the whole world went on fire. Yeah, and we did it in person, I believe, didn't we? We did do it. Um, we did do it in person. Yes. Um, and funny story, actually. One time, I was. That's the only episode I have downloaded onto my phone directly. I I must have just clicked the button on the Patreon and I downloaded that episode. And I was out for a run a few weeks ago, and I was mid run, and my yeah. phone was on shuffle, and I accidentally didn't click into the music playlist, and so oh. it came. I'm on like the third kilometre of a 5k run and then all I hear is some fucking idiot hi guys what's going on and I'm like <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> oh, shut no. him off There's, the last thing you want to hear while sweating and looking like a pig is yourself <laughs> yourself rattling on about comic book movie <laughs> shit <laughs> so Sean this is Spider-Man 3 I want you to give me your initial thoughts before we get into it what what were your thoughts on Spider-Man also we should say Sean is a bit sick today so I am. I'm a sick boy. But. He was up all last night throwing up. So he's bravely, he's bravely going onto the new frontier to do this review of a movie that we both love. Exactly. Look, all, all I can say is I'm really glad I watched the movie before I was sick. Because if I had to be sick and watch this movie, I it don't think I'd be sick. a very happy man. This, uh, this, that's the common denominator. I was fine before I watched it, and now I want to die. But. <laughs> Well, the preface to this, my experience with Spider-Man 3 beforehand is I saw an ad for it on the TV yeah, and I, I just said to my dad, hey dad, can we go watch this? And he just he just looked and said, all right. And then like an hour later, we were in the cinema. <laughs> Which- <laughs> and he thought, I should have gotten another kid. I've, I've done wrong on this one. <laughs> oh no, he chose, he chose poorly. Maybe I'll find someone to leave him with at the cinema. Uh, but what? I but I didn't know how long of a movie this was as a kid because this came yeah. out in two thousand seven, so I was ten or eleven. Um, but it's like it's it's pushing it's nearly three hours long. It's um, well, it's definitely two and a half anyway. And the thing about that is like this was one of the highest budgets of a movie ever shot ever in the history of cinema. They spent nearly three hundred million dollars on this thing. This is two thousand seven. That's million. Money. Um, now they made back 900 million so they made their money back because of course Spider-Man 2 was a grey film and they were coming hot off the heels of that so they're coming into 3 thinking this is it we're going to absolutely nail this and and because the MCU didn't exist this came out in a world without the MCU imagine but, it but Nolan's Batman Begins had been released in 2005. So I feel like superhero, the genre itself, was changing slightly as opposed to like when these movies started coming out. Um, yeah, I feel like this this is just in that window where like superheroes are becoming mainstream. Like where, like where, where my dad would look at Spider-Man and say, yeah, let's go see it. 
and it is a 139 minute shot so um but what's interesting here is that as i said it came out in 2007 and it was hot off the back of spider-man 2 so sam raimi he wants to do it again because he nailed it but there's a whole yeah. host of production issues going on behind the scenes that lead this movie to, to put it kindly, or maybe slightly bloodly, it's just a bit convoluted. And by a bit, I mean so convoluted. It's messy. It's a very messy movie. It doesn't know what storyline it's in half the time. Yeah, it's so complicated as a film. Not because... I think a lot of people can look at this and just go, oh, it's shit. And... I, I, you know what, I slightly agree, but, um, <laughs> but I think what's more frustrating is there's a good movie in this movie, like, I think Catwoman, if we're just going to take an example, like, that's in the hat, mm-hmm. we're probably going to have to do that at some stage, but Catwoman is just outright shit, whereas I think this is, there's scenes in this film where I think, oh, that's a good scene, or, oh, that's cool, I can see, mostly anything involving Sandman, I'm like, that's a cool Spider-Man scene. But yeah, then, and that's... Uh, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, but then what follows is 15 minutes of the worst stuff. And so it's more frustrating because you're like, I know there's good things in this, but it's all wrapped up in an envelope of shit. Yeah, it's like you're the teacher talking to the slacker kid in class and it's like, I know you're well able for this, but you just aren't doing it. Yeah, exactly. So what I will say is preface this, I watched this with my girlfriend who had never seen any of these films. And this is actually funny. My girlfriend doesn't care about comic books in any way, right? Couldn't give less of a shit. So all of this you're still coming to terms with. Still coming to terms. What can you do? I'm slowly integrating Spider-Verse and all this stuff in. But (laughs) we'd just gotten Tom Holland out of the way. And so she likes Tom Holland. She's a big fan of Tom Holland. Um, And I was trying to explain, I need to watch Spider-Man 3 for the Patreon. Do you want to join me? And she's like, yeah, okay, cool. I like I like Tom Holland. And I was like, wait, no. No, this let, is not Tom Holland. Let me stop Holland. you right there. <laughs> no, this is confusing, but this is the first of the three. And I spent like 10 minutes explaining this. And she was just looking at me like, fucking hell. Why did this get so complicated? Um, and why I was does like, anyone like this? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, right. So we sat down to watch this. So I have some quotes from her throughout this film that she's watching this blind having not seen one and two and she's coming in on three. And what I will say is she despises Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Halfway through she just looked at me and was like, why is he Spider-Man? <laughs> It is a it is a very good question that she raises there. <laughs> um, so, Sean, I think we need to get into this plot because there's a whole host of stuff. Under- we'll get through it as we talk about each scene. But we start off with the long-ass intro, Sean. Um, it's highlights of past films. It's like four minutes long. And it's kind of just like what happened last time kind of situation. Yeah, which m- might have been good for someone who had never seen the, the previous two movies. Exactly. But it is something that we've kind of left behind nowadays. Like, there's no real recap um, in between, for example, the MCU movies or the DCEU movies. They don't just play clips from the previous film through the credits anymore, which I think is a good thing because it is a slog. 
He's a slug. It helped in this one specific bit where I was like, oh yeah, that's Willem Dafoe. He was bad. He died. Um, James Franco's mad at Tobey Maguire. I had to call them all the actor, actor names. Because, <laughs> of course, no context. But oh, um, if you go, so, so that's New Goblin. Yeah. And he's the Green Goblin's son. Yeah, and, and he died he- because his glider... It, like, it killed them, but they think it's Peter Parker's glider. It's a whole situation, but... Um, so we start off uh, with Peter being famous, Sean, which is everyone loves Spider-Man when everything good is happening to him. It's a classic Spider-Man trope. It is, and and this Spider-Man is some, somehow... He's always at his least interesting when everyone likes him. <laughs> yes! And that's always when they rewrite him in the comic book. So we join this movie when he's famous, and everyone's like, "Wow, what a man!" He's one of the newspaper just says, "What a man," <laughs> which is just like, "Okay, good stuff." He saves another baby from a burning building. Like he's an absolute hero amongst this city. Yeah, and all of the crime in New York is happening at once. Um, yeah. is the way it goes. But I mean, I like this. Um, I like New York being positive about Spider-Man in movies. It's it's cheesy and it's like it's the you know it's from the scene from the first movie where it's like if you if you want to get one of us, you got to go through all of us. Yeah, and all this. But I like New York being on side. Um, but Tobey Maguire just seems arrogant about it. <laughs> Like, I think this is very, this this very first scene is the perfect encapsulation of what's wrong with this film, that it's a good concept, but just, it's the wrong people doing all of this stuff. Like, Tobey Maguire, I never once think, oh man, I'm so happy for him. Just, he's, he's doing so well. I'm just like, oh, whingy face, Maguire. <laughs> what is he, 47 or 30? <laughs> he's certainly not 24 or whatever age he's meant to be. <laughs> Absolutely not. So he's also top of his class. So Peter Parker, love the Spider-Man. Peter Parker, the man, doing really well in his class. He's being bullied by a guy in a cardigan, which I feel like... I look, The guy behind him did not look like a bully at all. I was like, Peter, surely you can get with this. But what can you do? Um, he's also... Uh, then he's going to MJ's um, musical. So MJ yeah, is famous She's on too. Broadway. Just she's on like, Broadway. Since, since the last movie, she's become... A Broadway star. Yeah. Um, and so she's go- he gets to the musical on time, which is very unlike Peter Parker, and he's there early, just early enough that a gag happens where two fat guys sit either side of him, and it's like, haha, Peter Parker's crushed. I get it. Uh-huh. He's he's always down on his luck, this Peter Parker. <laughs> Even though he's famous and he's doing real well. <laughs> but um, then MJ comes out, she's singing. And you see Peter and he's so happy for her. And it's, this is the one part of the movie where I'm like, he's slightly likeable. And, and I'm okay with that. But then, is this the bit where he's singing along? He's singing along. I mean, it's slightly creepy, but it, I kind of also get the impression he's proud of her. Which makes me like him slightly. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, I, I just don't trust his face when he's doing it. <laughs> I know that's a very petty reason. To dislike a scene or a character, but his face just puts me on edge when he's singing along. It's very serial fa- killer. This is the first. Uh, going back to watch it, this is the first time I'd seen this movie since probably it came out. Because I don't think I would ever go back to watch it again. But I hate Tom McGuire in this role, and I never realised how much I disliked him. But I think Tom Holland has accelerated my dislike of him. 
Yeah, and like if you if you separate him from the role, like the suit is great. You know, yeah. the first two movies, the storylines are great, but it's just him is the weak link. Yeah, it's so fascinating to go back and watch it because I always just I just assumed in my head, oh yeah, Tom McGurry was grand, but like he was kind of good in one area, and Andrew Garfield was good in another, and Tom Holland was kind of then combined together. But watching this, and I know this is probably unfair because this is the worst installment of the trilogy, but going back to watch it, I was just kind of like, Jesus Christ. I just do not like him as Peter Parker in any way. Like, I don't want him to win, which is the worst thing you can say about down on his look, Peter Parker. Yeah, it's not what you want from your hero at all. The um, And there's this beautiful moment where he's singing away to the music and the camera pans up and the music <laughs> changes to evil music. And Harry is there. Harry is up in the wings, like, you know. Twirling his mustache. <laughs> Just missing the little opera goggles and a cigarette on a stick. And he's giving him a real dagger stare, like, I'm going to get you, Parker. I'm going to get you. And at that point, I was like, Harry's not good. Harry is evil. I was like, I I hope he kills him. <laughs> I hope he wins. I was like, yes, Harry, go on. Um, so Peter is, uh, this is the one scene other than the singing that Peter is actually a boyfriend in this movie. Uh, he goes yeah. back. And MJ's like, oh, did you, they weren't clapping very loud. And he has this one moment that's very Peter Parker. This is the one time in this movie where I go, what is Peter Parker? Because he very sweetly is just like, oh, well, the acoustics. And he starts going into all this nerd stuff. And, yeah. And it's just, it's a nice scene, but it's only nice. And I would never bring this up, but it's the only time in this movie where he acts like a person. <laughs> yeah, like, not even, like, like... First of all, it's a very good Peter Parker line, as you've said. Like, that is how the comic book character would deal with that situation, is he'd break down the science of things. Um, But also, that is how humans reassure each other. Whereas, later on, Mm. we'll get to it, he's in the restaurant, and MJ is like, look, here's all my problems, like, I'm pouring my heart out, and he's just like, well, when I'm (laughs) Spider-Man... Honestly, God, this man's not a human in this film. Like, he's so just above looking at what's actually happening. He's in his own fucking world. Like, through this he's whole in a thing. bubble. He's he's absolutely in a bubble. So this is the one time where I was just like, oh, that human Like, he's he's actually acting like we would as humans, where your girlfriend or your loved one, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, your loved one says, oh, I wasn't sure. Like, did I do well? And you go, you did amazing. Well done. Yeah. Because it's that's a, what look, we should look do. Her. It's amazing that you've done this. <laughs> yeah. And support each other. But he never does it again. So that's why this, That's why I'm bringing it up. But um, then they have a sweet moment where they're on a spider web in, a, in the middle of a park, which surely is suspicious because somebody will say, Jesus, I think that guy is Spider-Man. Nah, the giant Central Park spiders did that, Connor. <laughs> Of course, of course. And you you played Fallout, correct? <laughs> of course, yes. But they, they're lying on the spider web, and they're having they're having some moments. Um, and MJ says, "Tell me you love me" to him. Which at this point, I was like, "Oh, MJ, you're not doing too well either." I think the two of them are just the worst. <laughs> they don't have very good chemistry together. Uh, no, I, I think they were in a relationship at some point. I don't know whether I they think, were I think this they, one. 
Yeah, um, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst, they were, I think it was number one though. I don't think they were in a relationship at this point. Right, but, they, well, they still have no chemistry anyway. Um, <laughs> As humans. It's just two people expositing romance at each other. Mm. Um, to the point where, like, there's a point later on in the film where MJ has to pretend she doesn't love Peter, and it that's the most believable bit to me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's the best scene that she has in this film. I think it's it really, really well is. acted by Kirsten Dunst, but I think she's actually saying truth, not not as the not as MJ, but as the actress. <laughs> that's it, that, and that's why it's believable. It's because these are real feelings, people, um, and they're on the web, mm. uh, the, the World Wide Web. Um, yeah. It's two thousand seven. They're on RuneScape. Yeah. They're going, um, any second now we're going to get logged in here now. No, don't pick up the phone. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. And then a convenient meteor strike. <laughs> if this not the perfect encapsulation of Sam Raimi, who's the director of this film, and we should say it now, he hates Venom. Now, he hates, I think there was he hates that he was forced to include Venom. Yeah, I don't know if he hates Venom, the character. I think he probably... Um, he's probably quieting that down over the last few years. But what happened was, Sam Raimi wrote this movie for Sandman and yep. May- and for Harry to be the two villains. And and I think that works. But what happened was, he went to the studio and the producers were like, we're seeing a lot of good stuff about Venom, and Venom's a big deal, so we want you to include Venom in this film. So Sam Raimi writes the whole film, and then in pre-production has to rewrite the whole film to include Venom and... You'll notice that Venom appears in this film, and then we don't actually see Venom like Eddie Brock Venom until about, I would say, there's about 25 minutes left in the film itself, which implies to me that he's just kind of doing it in the background as he gets to more interesting stuff like Sandman, and Harry's not that interesting, but Harry, (laughs) like, I think, (laughs) I think everyone's fighting, because he had to do the Venom segment of this film, that he took time out of the Harry story, which deeply affects the Harry story and makes it make no sense but also deeply affects the Venom story yeah yeah and we'll we'll get to we'll get to Topher Grace believe me yeah but Sean this uh, meteorite lands 20 yards away from the only superpowered human on the whole planet now what are the chances of that I've done the maths yeah and it's literally one in <laughs> seven billion <laughs> That is pretty poor odds for that meteorite, but fair fucks, landed 20 yards away from literally the only person that could give it powers in the world. Also, like, isn't it wild that a meteorite crashed in New York and no one gave a shit? Nobody gave a shit, Sean. This is the stupidest piece of story of how Venom shows up, because originally they were going to do with that um, uh, MJ's boyfriend from the last one, you know, the astronaut... He yeah, werewolf was man. Gonna, yeah, he was going to come back from um, a space mission, <laughs> I suppose, and with him, he was going to bring the Venom with him. Like, it was, it hitched a ride in the spaceship. Yeah. And that makes make way sense. more sense. <laughs> and that could have just been a throwaway line, but I think because he was so forced to just include Venom, he just said, fuck it, it's a meteor. That's how it yeah. happens. And lads near Pierre. And so it attaches itself to Peter's bike and him and MJ go back home 
unknown to them now that it's on the bike itself and it's it's hitching a ride again, Sean. But well, I mean, it didn't hitch a ride originally, but it's now going back with Peter and MJ. And so, I thought this is possibly the worst thing. Though I was going to say this is the worst thing in this film, but we all know what the worst thing in this film is. Um, so then we have Flint Marco. This is our introduction of uh, the hero that or the villain that um, Sam Raimi wanted to do for this movie. And, and you can tell because it, you could he's you could definitely the, tell yeah he is the most developed character in the movie but also he's not developed and I, what my point with this is that Finn Marco spends a whole lot of time in this film saying I'm not a bad guy I've just had bad luck and that is the equivalent of just telling us instead of actually showing us anything so he spends the whole movie telling us oh I'm a good guy like, I've just had some really bad luck. But he never actually does anything <laughs> that encapsulates that. He, he does, Yeah, he doesn't strive to reform himself. I get that. Um, but he ha- like he's a villain with a heart. Yeah. Like, he genuinely cares for his daughter, it seems. Um, he's, he's tr- he's, it's a rerun of Doc Ock. But I think with less heart. Like, I think Sam Raimi was going for... Doc Ock is an emotional character and he's got flaws, but he also has some good things. And it's just he's... He, as I said, like, he's had bad luck, but he's a good person underneath it all. And so I think Sam Raimi wants to do that story again, but he doesn't have time to fully develop it because he also has to develop the other two villains at the same time. So it's kind of like Doc Ock, but without all of the human stuff that makes him a likeable person. Yeah. Now, the, the there's a rewrite... Well, not really a rewrite, kind of a retcon um, with Flint Marco in this movie. Um, it's talked about later, but he is the one who shot Uncle Ben. Yes. Um, and not the man that Spider-Man murdered. Which so, I, I, I do not like that at all. I, think, I do not care for that rewrite. No, I, I think that is... I think that's really bad. Like, do not go back to his origin story. Like, just leave it and just have Flint Marco be someone else. We don't have to tie everything into that one night. Exactly, yeah. Not everyone has to have an intimate relationship with Peter Parker <laughs> and his origin. Not everyone has to be a Skywalker, is what, I'm, is what we're saying. <laughs> that's the crux of the matter, yes. <laughs> um, and so Flint Marco goes back and you see his daughter and she's sick. And um, he just says, I'm not a bad person, I, I just had bad luck. And then he's on the run again, so he, he's out of breaking out of prison. Um, and it's at this point that Peter Parker goes to Aunt May's house, which I've checked the clock in the background, Sean. It is two o'clock in the morning, and he's woken up this poor old lady to be like, here, I want you to, I want you to, talk, I want to talk to you, but it's two o'clock in the morning, but you should be up, because I'm Spider-Man, and I'm so pretty Spider-Man. cool. <laughs> and so, we have the Aunt May story of how Uncle Ben proposed. Now, oh, it's the f- <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> what I will say is, Rosemary Harris, who plays Aunt May, is really good. She's excellent in the role, and she's possibly the most likable person in all of these films. But... I think the script does her no help in this scene. <laughs> no, this is the the dullest scene. <laughs> Imagine being 11-year-old me watching a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, get to the swinging. Come on, any second now. Oh, they swam, they swam out to an they, island. Swam, okay. And, and he said, close your eyes, May. And, and, and then he said, open your eyes, May. And then and I opened I my did. eyes. And, and then I thought, it was the sun. 
It was so bright. <laughs> it's just worthless because I it doesn't it it doesn't color my impression of Peter Parker and his ideals um any differently in this movie. Like it that that story doesn't set up like oh everything he's doing is he's doing because of love. No, like that doesn't play into it at all. It's just I I guess they just wanted to give Rosemary Harris a monologue. I don't think she's in the movie a lot other than this scene, so I suppose they probably rewrote they probably wrote the script and then they were like, fuck. Like at Mason in this movie at all. And then they rewrote this scene because she has to give him the ring for the proposal. Um it doesn't even happen that like when he tries to propose he's like, Close your eyes or open your eyes or I anything like that happens because I suppose the proposal never happens in the first place. But No, but yeah, yeah you'd think there would be some element of that. Just even, yeah, like, just set it up and, like, pay it off later on. But this is just not even set up. This is just a story we're hearing. Yeah, and that really serves no purpose for the rest of the movie, only to stop the pacing dead and introduce the concept of, oh, Spider-Man now has a, Peter Parker now has a ring in his possession. So Peter, um, he takes the ring and he, um, he's like, okay, I'm going to propose to MJ. And everything's going well in his life. So I can understand why he's like, yeah, I, I, I want to marry her now. And so while he's on his little bike and he's travelling home, I can only assume about like four o'clock in the morning, Harry then attacks him. And this is our first big fight scene that I think was rewritten in to just add a bit of action. But Harry attacks him and um, it's kind of cool seeing Peter in a suit, like being Spider-Man rather than dressed as Spider-Man. Or just in like his civilian clothes, yeah. Yeah, and sorry, yeah, actually, I know you know what I mean. <laughs> he doesn't have his Spider-Man suit; he has a normal human suit. Oh, he's wearing his human suit. Yeah, his human suit. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like so. Harry's put himself through the the goblin vapor super soldier formula, um, and he's geared himself up with a snowboard and a weird mask. Um, yeah, and he's he's now hunting Peter. It's, honestly, it's better than it has any right to be for, like, 2007 CGI Mm. um, with two characters I don't particularly care about. Mm. But, as you said, I like Peter Parker being the one web-swinging. I think there's there's the shot where the ring is, like, floating through the air and he webs it. You don't like that shot? No, I, I like the shot. That ring would have hit the floor about... It's the way he goes for it. And then, yeah, he's trying to... Have, and then he get cut, gets cut off and Harry takes him out again. And the ring is still yeah. here. And, he te- and another 10 seconds pass and then he swings back for the ring. That ring's on the ground. Picked up by Spider somebody. senses. Spider <laughs> senses, man. <laughs> There's no way that ring is still in the air. The um, And then we have my favourite scene of the movie where they're going through a narrow alleyway. <laughs> And James Franco just fucking clocks his head on a pipe real like, like six times. Full on, full on, he's dead. Like, I watched this film and that man does not have superpowers. He just has like super agility and super speed. He can still be hurt. He falls about fifty feet, smashing his head off every pole on the way down, and smashes into the concrete on the on the ground below. And then he just is like Peter's like, Oh he's dead and then he comes back in life. No, that man is a pancake. There's no way he's coming back. Because that was like, 
maybe 30 miles an hour <laughs> that he just went full force into a metal pipe. <laughs> and then fell 50 feet. <laughs> then fell 50 feet into just a concrete alleyway. <laughs> Oh man! And so, of course, he gets taken out. Peter's like, "Okay, I gotta take him to the hospital." And um, I like the idea that Peter had a moment and was like, "Do I just let him die? I could just let him, him to die." Kill, yeah, he wants to kill me. I'll fucking show Finish him. Finish the job. I killed his yeah. dad. That was fine. <laughs> takes out a knife. <laughs> no, he takes out a pillow and just like starts slowly covering him. In <laughs> um, so while this is happening, uh, Harry gets taken off to the hospital after this a, a gruesome attack. Somehow he's still going to survive. I'm going to spoil it for you. He doesn't die when he definitely should have died. And Flynn Marco is going, he's on the run. And he hops over a fence and all the police are like, he's in there. But on the side it says, particle generator thing, stay out or something. Um, yeah, they're like testing some weird spinny machine on some sand. He, he falls into the sand and he's like, oh no. But then just as that happens, the machine starts up. What are the chances? But then... The worst part is that he's on the machine. He's like, oh, no. And we cut to the scientists. And they're like, oh, there's like a weird weight after dropping onto the to the testing site. And the, the fucking idiot is like, it's probably just a bird. It'll be fine. Let's It'll do fly 10 away years of research. Machine starts. I'm hardly going to fucking stop it now. Can't press stop. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to stop my life's work to pause it for four seconds to check. I'm just going to fucking hope. Well, Connor, at this point, it's probably like 4 or 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, direct. They're shattered. They've been looking at sand all day. And they just want to fucking kill a bird. <laughs> Do you think you they can't it. tell between a bird and a human? There's no the way they can tell. You've got a fucking particle generator or some shit. You're telling you, me there's no fucking weighing scales on that. You know everything that goes on in that machine, surely. <laughs> there has to be a weighing scale. So they go, oh, we've got 80 kg of sand. All right, but now I have 160 kg. Oh, I wonder where the 80 kg came from. Man, Thomas Hayden Church is live, isn't he? <laughs> M- man, that's a big bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what I thought. It was just a big bird. <laughs> and so um, the machine starts up. And the sand all starts whipping around. And the sand effect here is pretty great. This is not like the the sand effect that everyone knows from this movie. But just a bit before we cut back in the morning. Even this actually looks pretty good. It's certainly better than the sand in like The Mummy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, But I... I, Yeah, I was going to say that the the sound effect does look great, even though that man definitely shouldn't have started that machine. There's definitely not a bird on it. What the fuck is going on? And so then we cut back to the hospital, and this is great, Sean. So, Harry, you know the way Harry's dead, right? Yeah. Um, Well, Harry's not dead. Definitely dead. Not dead. He's not dead. He he came back. His age and condition hitting a metal pipe at speed. Not dead. he was only going 50 miles an hour, hit his head directly off a metal pipe that was solid steel, fell 50 feet, landed on the concrete, and definitely died. But he came back from it because he's cool, right? And right. also he's James Franco, and he's contracted to do the whole movie. So he's alive. It's just fine. He has a bit of a bandage on his head. You know how it is when you just have a bit of a slip and fall. And that's um, your only injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no bruises anywhere else, Sean. He's fine. He walks out to the hospital the next day. But um, he has amnesia. You're not going to believe it. And his memory? 
Yeah, his memory, but not his long term, his short term. Ah. So he can remember right up until the point where he doesn't like Peter. Wow, that is a very convenient point in time. (laughs) Would you say so? Like, what if he went back, what if he, like, lost his memory, but it, it went back as far as, like, he's just about to start hating Peter. Mm. You but, know, like that could- but what about even if it went back before his dad died? Because the first thing he says is, my dad's dead, isn't he? So this is like first half an hour of Spider-Man 2, Harry. Which is very lucky, to be fair, because he knows all the important information, but not enough information that he's bad anymore. Yeah, like he knows all his relationships with characters and roughly where the world is. He's only like six months out, basically. He's only last six months. But Um, all the inconvenience around, like, the last six months doesn't have to worry about it now. The plot doesn't need to know about that now for another, at least another hour. So we're fine. We'll put that on the back burner. That's that's simmering away over there, but he's I'm sure he's gonna forget that for the rest of the movie, so there's no need. Um that scene is awful. We're we're taking the piss of this, but this is a terrible idea. It makes no sense. It's really dumb. Just really incredibly dumb as a movie to use amnesia to then say, Okay, well he can't remember why he doesn't like you, so now he's cool again. But what makes it worse is that he should be faking it. Like he should be faking it for the whole thing. It would make way more... It would make it a more interesting story. If he's pretending to be cool with Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I never even considered that, but that's a great idea. Because later on, he's in the restaurant with Peter after the whole MJ thing, and he's pretending for a short period, and Peter still thinks he has no memory. But, like, imagine he was doing that through the whole thing, and he was, like, then going after MJ and being cool Harry again. So he like paid off the doctors to to like. Yeah, I, I don't look. He has he's unlimited money. Norman Osborn would do the exact same thing in the comic books. Oh, absolutely. Norman Osborn would buy the hospital. Yeah, he would. So uh, then we have so Harry's over there. He's forgetting everything because he just the plot demands it. And so Sandman, we cut back to Sandman, and this is the shot that took six months to create for this film, but is undoubtedly shot. And I'm going to talk for you as well. It's the best shot in the film, and possibly one of the best shots in the trilogy. Uh, what about the shot where uh, fucking? I was trying to think of a shit shot, but no, the meteorite. The meteorite. <laughs> the meteorite. No, this is honestly stunning. It still looks good to this day. Mm. Um, it like it looks like it's an effort for him to reform himself. My favourite bit is when he, like, slightly forms and collapses again. Yeah. Like, there was no reason to add that in, but it tells you so much about, like, what it takes to exist as a sand person. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, I just think it's so good, like, I just... And I think this movie doesn't deserve this scene, but this scene tells me that Sam Raimi wanted to do Sandman, and he didn't give a shit about Venom. Yeah, I, I firmly believe, like, up until the last half hour... Where it gets all so messy. Um, I think you could like just cut together a nice little Sandman origin story for yourself. Um, mm. Just like a 10 minute thing of all of his best scenes. And so Sandman is being created on the far side. And Flint Marco still has his little locket. So it's like a really emotional scene. And you see like 
he's reformed back into himself, but like he's made a sand now, which I I just yeah, I just think that's the probably what the best scene in the film. And so we move swiftly from that shot because there's so much drama going on between Peter and the triangle of, you know, Harry now has no memory. MJ, she turns up to the musical, they're like, We should we fired you. Did nobody tell you? We definitely would have told you in real life, but nobody told you. We would have called you about this definitely. After the opening night. Do they get rid of actors after the opening night? I don't know. But that is like it, it is harsh to not be told at all. I think it's harsh to get rid of someone after one night. Like, surely you've gone through six or eight months of practice with them. And, like, you chose them. You go through six yeah, or eight you- months of practice with them. And then after one night and bad reviews, you're like, nah, we're moving on to someone else who we've known for 24 hours. Yeah, like, you had that time in rehearsals to say, you know, change this, do this a bit different. But instead, you probably you just said, "Yeah, grand, we'll do it on the night," and then said, "Ah, oh, you fucked up, MJ." We'll do it live. We'll do it live, and then she did it live, and they were like, "We don't like it. We're just gonna get rid of you." So she gets you fired. You did it too live. <laughs> too live. We wanted a little bit of pre-record, and so she leaves the uh, theater. And there's a weird scene where in the alleyway, people start clapping, and for some reason, she thinks it's for her, but. They're all looking the opposite way, so it'd be a very strange applause, because Spider-Man is swimming, swimming, swinging past, I should say. Yeah, uh, and she has a relationship with Spider-Man. Mm. wonder, will that be impacted at all? I, I think she would, obviously she's sad, but also it's like, oh, cool, my boyfriend's getting, like, people like him. That's pretty good. Yeah, he'll never fuck this up. No, he won't. So, because there's a big Spider-Man day going on. They're going to give him the keys to the city. Um, yeah, there's but, a whole parade thing happening. So, uh, first of all, shot a crane, though. A crane goes mad. So, she goes to tell Peter that she got fired. They're talking. And then, um, the police scanner pipes up. And there's like, a crane gone mad or something is in the report. And he's like, I gotta go. Sorry, babes. What? You have problems? I don't need to listen to them because I'm cool and I'm spurred. Is your problem rhyme with train gun shrad? <laughs> no? Well, then you're no fucking use to me. So he jumps out the window and this is our first introduction of Gwen Stacy, played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, and she is like in the office and it's a big action set piece where the crane takes out the skyscraper and everybody's fallen. And what I will say is that Peter saves her, Spider-Man turns up and he dives through the wreckage as she's falling and he's like swinging from one piece of debris onto the other. I think that's really, really good Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, a lot of this set was practical as well. Like they actually built a building that would fall apart. And I I think that's what's most annoying is that you know Sam, like Sam Raimi, the action set pieces in this movie are really good because I think Raimi, he's on his third one now. Like he knows how it works. And they're all, and they're very professional, and they're and they're working their way through it. So when a scene like this happens, Spider Man looks perfectly like Spider Man. The suit looks great. He's very heroic, and he's doing exactly what you would see in the comic books. It's just that we don't like the person playing him or any of the plots surrounding this action set piece. But the set piece itself is really good. Yeah, like in a bottle, that is a perfect Spider Man moment. Mm. Uh, we also have our introduction of Eddie Brock, Topher Grace. What do you think of him? Ah, uh, what well, he. I'm trying to think of the word for him. Like, slimy isn't the right word. Mm. But I feel maybe, like, sticky. Like, I just... <laughs> oh, sticky. Yeah, he's sticky. 
he's sticky. Like he's just fucking there. And he's just yeah. hanging around and he's being an arsehole. Do you know when you have a bowl of cereal and at the end of it, like, sometimes you pour it into the sink and there's little bits still, like, just at the at the very stra- sewage or the drainage area. Just in the drain. Yeah. Like, that's what he is. He's that little bit of muesli that's still left over. Oh, he's a little <laughs> leftover muesli of a man. <laughs> So, also, Peter's not good in this movie either, so both of them are slimy fuckers. Yeah, and they they alternate between who is the slipperiest and slimiest man in the movie. And so Peter saves Gwen Stacy, and she's just like, oh, wow, and... um, and this will come up later, but like it's it's a qu- it's quite a good scene uh, where he saves her, and then they go back to the Daily Bugle because Eddie Brock gets a load of photos of Spider Man while he's standing there, and he takes him straight to the Daily Bugle, and this is possibly the funniest scene in the film. Like yeah. I actually laughed out loud in this film or in the scene because you have J. John Jameson who's amazing, as we all know, J.K. Simmons, and. Uh, the guy who's trying to pitch up their new like tagline for the Daily Bugle is like, it's hip, it's now, it's wow, and how. And, and But the way he does it is like, it's hip, uh, John did that, you know what he's like. You know what he's like when he gets a few drinks in him. It's now, that's me. Um, it's wow, oh, John again. John from accountant, he's, he's an absolute maniac. And how, that's me again. I think we've nailed it. The uh, And then you have... When the two of them are like debating, when Eddie and Peter are like, they're because they both want a job at the bugle. And my favorite Jameson line, which is, um, You want a job and you want a job. Doesn't anybody care what I want? And then that same guy comes back in and he says, I do. And J- Jameson just goes, Shut up, get out. <laughs> and there's also the blood pressure tablets. Or, uh, yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Banks. <laughs> who's on the outside, and she's just like, your wife tells you to play, to take your blood pressure tablets. So he reaches for tablets, and it's like the, the whole thing shakes. She's like, not that one. And it's like, not that one. And then he finally gets the right one, and she picks it up, and then she presses it again, and it all shakes, and all the tablets go over. It's just funny gags, and I think it's good. It's the kind of office banter we love to see. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it also takes us out of the just the drudgery. Of it all, that's everything that's going on around us. Yeah, like, I, I, at this point I would rather watch a Daily Bugle movie than Spider-Man. Yeah, um, so Harry is out with a hospital shot, and his yeah, amnesia is acted up, right, but his body's fine. Like, obviously he fell from a skyscraper height, but, like, he walked it off, and his head's a little sore, he has a bit of a plaster, and so now he's playing basketball with Peter in the pad, and... Um, Harry catches like the basketball and the vase as it falls as well and he's just like oh wow what's up with that and Peter's like I don't know man that's kind of weird <laughs> he's like oh okay he didn't forget how to be a green goblin <laughs> um, and so yeah then MJ gets kicked off the show and as I said you have um, you have Spy DJ that's going on uh, Sandman is in the city and uh, the police are after him and they turn up and it, there's like a sand truck, which is coincidentally just there. And Perfect. he just forms into the sand truck, which makes sense. And then the guy, the policeman is like, he's in there. That's Eddie Brock, or not Eddie Brock, Flint Marico, who's on the run. And so they climb up to the top of the truck and the guy gets a shovel and he's going to like stab through the sand, which if he's there, you're going to kill him. You're going to kill that man, yeah. But 
the job will get done, you know. <laughs> He'll bring you a body. Is that Detective Dimmelman? I think he is a detective. <laughs> I will say the CGI is pretty cool in this, when he formed into, like, the big version of Sandman. Yeah, like, on the on the whole, I would say all the sand stuff looks really good. I don't know whether they developed one particular system for sand and mm. just ran with that, but whatever they did to it, it's fucking brilliant. Um, so then we have Spidey Day, Sean, and so this is all happening in the side. Spider-Man shows up. It's Big Spider Day. Everyone's celebrating Spider-Man. He's getting the key to the city and all this. Gwen Stacy's there, and he flips up on top of it, and he, he gets his way down, un- upside down. And then, Sean, is the moment of this movie where it's, it loses me altogether. And I'm just, up until this point, even this Harry Amnesia, I'm kind of like, that's weird. I'll buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it. This one moment is the setting off, the igniting of everything we, every bit of shit that we have to see for the next hour and a half is Spider-Man zips his way down, he looks at Gwen Stacy and then says, kiss me, they'll love it. Which, Sean, what are your thoughts? First of all, bad bloke Peter Parker, bad dude right there. What a dickhead! He knows his girlfriend's in the crowd. Yeah. He knows there's going to be... Fo- this is going to be the most photographed thing in New York right like, there. If, if your girlfriend's in the crowd, the last thing you do is make out with somebody on the stage. <laughs> in the exact same way as ye had your first kiss. Fuck like, uh, leading to you falling in love. Yeah. And you don't just... And I, I wager as well, you could figure out who someone is from half their face, couldn't you? I, I do, yeah. And, and also, what makes it worse is that I know Peter's a shitbag, right? And yeah. he's just, he's he's annoying and he's whingy and he's awful. Do you know who he is? Go on. He's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think up until this point though, right, he's whingy and he's annoying. But I don't think he's bad to MJ. I think for the whole first half an hour or whatever, like he's always like, oh, I hope you're having a good time. He's a bit, He's a bit self-centered, but he never does anything actively bad towards her. So, like, he'll talk about himself and he'll be like, oh, Spider-Man's so great. Which I think is a bad character trait, but he never actively goes out of his way to hurt her or be a bad person towards her. And this is the moment where you're like, you're a bad person to MJ as well. Like, that is a shit thing to do. Yeah, and you can understand why she's bulldick. Yeah, and then he intends to just go propose, like, the evening after this. <laughs> He's so just blind! What the fuck? It doesn't make any sense! It, uh, it like, and and he completely doesn't understand why she's angry. And we're meant he to, seems... like, like him, but through the He's whole scene... He... Spider-Man. Yeah, he, like, through the whole thing, he's just like, why is she so mad at me? I don't understand. I love you, MJ. Do you? Because you're, you're kissing other women in front of everyone, Peter. You're just shifting people on stage. If she knows you're Spider-Man, and as Spider-Man, you kiss somebody else, that's bad for you. <laughs> I'm going to say it. it like, because she's the only one who knows he's Spider-Man. Oh, man. It's just awful. It's one of the worst it's, things put... It's one of the worst Spider-Man moments ever put to film. Yeah, it's weird how, like, there's some intersections of 
excellent and great Spider-Man moments in the same franchise. Mm. Um, and so while this is happening, we have that big moment that just blows up every bit of Peter Parker personality. Uh, he's the worst person in the world now, and I hate him. I actively dislike this man because he's just a bad person, <laughs> just all around. And now he's a self-centered, cheating dickhead. So while this is happening, Sandman is robbing uh, a muddy truck, as as you do. It's classic. Yes, you do. As, it's classic thievery. And Spider-Man turns up to stop him, and we're meant to, like, support him. He's just cheated on MJ in front of everyone, but now he's turned up and he's like, I'm the sheriff around these parts. And we're like, yeah, get him, (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah, go kiss him. (laughs) No, we have to wait until MJ's looking before he can shift someone else. Oh, that's a a dark addition you've just made. (laughs) He's, He's like, I would kiss you. But I can't, because MJ's not here. I'm going to ring her. Hang on for five minutes. When she turns up, though, we are going to get it on. Me and you, Flint. Me and you. (laughs) Um, I think, as I said, the action looks great. Um, I think the CGI is pretty good, as we've mentioned a few times with the sand. And it's it's a good action set piece, and he saves the two guys in the truck. But through this whole scene, I'm just kind of like... Peter's an absolute, just, he's just a shithouse. Like, he's the worst person. So, when he's winning, I want him to lose. Yeah, you don't want to root for him, because he's he's not behaving like a hero. No. and um, Which is something you, that will only get exacerbated throughout the movie. Oh, well, the next scene is pretty good, Sean. We have this, by the way, he takes a lot of sand out of his boots at one, pay, at one point, and that, that's actually kind of a Spider-Man, or Peter Parker thing, like, where are these guys coming from? And he's like, yeah. emptying sand out of his boots, which is annoying, because it comes straight after the most antithesis of Peter Parker. Um, but then we go to dinner, and uh, sand is coarse, Sean, we all know that, but we have to go to dinner, because <laughs> this is even more coarse. Because... Uh, this is my favourite scene in the movie, by the way. How could you say that? It's the worst scene, other than Bruce one other scene. Campbell is why <laughs> Bruce Campbell gets to say um, well, he keeps saying he keeps saying picker Peter Picker Peter Picker Peter Picker so um, Bruce Campbell can't say his name he's also now the maitre d' of this restaurant as be- he was uh, a ring announcer what was he in the second one he was the doorman at the theatre doorman yes the doorman of the theatre yes so now he's the maitre d' of this restaurant and Peter's like I want everything to be perfect I've got the ring in the glass. I want this song played at this exact moment. Um, does anybody have a 4x4 four four just shot that we can put up on a projector of me kissing uh, Gwen Stacy? Does anyone have that? Um, anyone I want to put that me up. kiss Gwen Stacy? Yeah, does I anybody want to put, just put that up on the television and I'll ask MJ to marry me? Um, and so she sits down and he's just acting normal, which is worse. <laughs> yeah, I like if he had opened with, I am so sorry. Yeah, the, oh, the moment, like, it's a shit take, we're just like, oh, the moment got the bear of me, and I was just trying to pretend, like, oh, Spider-Man is a different person, and I feel like, if I don't kiss her, then people are like, oh, does Spider-Man have a girlfriend, that might lead them to you, some bullshit excuse, but he just says nothing. <laughs> yeah, I would rather him be a liar in this movie. <laughs> than just oblivious to what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, because at least liar implies there's some level of him that realises he's done wrong. <laughs> so, MJ's like, MJ's rightfully pissed. And she's, after being let go from the musical, so she's obviously sad about that. But she never communicates, like... I wrote here, just communicate. Just an exc- exclamation mark between the two of them. Because they never talk. 
about anything. Like, they never talk like an actual couple where if somebody's having issues or something big happens, the first thing you do is tell the other person because then you can work through it together. They're all, yeah, they're that's both the living, idea. They're both living separate lives. And I, I agree MJ should be mad about Peter, about the, the kissing Gwen Stacy, but she should also be like, I'm also really sad because I've been let go from the musical. Because that really meant a lot to me. That I was in the musical. And then we could air that out. But none of that happens. They never air anything out. They just let it simmer underneath. And Peter obliviously goes... He just goes through his whole life just thinking, I'm going to propose to her. She thinks I'm pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he sees nothing wrong in the current scenario. Oh, then is, also Gwen shows up. Yeah, which doesn't help matters, I would say. And she's rubbing his shoulder... And she's like, oh, Peter's in my, Peter's in my science, he's my science lab partner, which adds a whole other level of just, ooh, slimy dickhead. Because, think about it, it was bad enough that he kissed this lady while he's dressed as Spider-Man, but once you find out that Peter Parker's her lab partner, yeah, that they actually have some level of a relationship. Which mean, implies to me that he wanted to get with her. While he was yep. Peter Parker, and he did, he couldn't, so he dressed up as Spider Man. I was just like, "Yeah, plat one on me." Now I get to live Slimey. the best of both worlds. Oh, you're a fucking creep, Peter Parker, in this movie. <laughs> and MJ rightfully walks off, which she shouldn't. She shouldn't have even lasted that long. No, she shouldn't have sat down. <laughs> no, she should have walked in, said, "Fuck you." You're the worst. And, but then the minute she found out Gwen Stacy and he knew Gwen Stacy, I would have immediately just stood up and went, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they changed the origin story, as, as we mentioned, of Uncle Ben. We find out that Flint Marco is the one who killed him and they didn't decide to tell them for two or three years. How long far past Uncle Ben's death is this? Oh, I don't know. I would say three years, maybe four. Yeah, so they just... And apparently they said, oh, we had, like, eyewitnesses as well that confirmed that Flint Marco's the killer. Well, why didn't you tell them? Before! (laughs) Yeah, surely that's information given to the families, like... It doesn't make any sense. Um, So, Peter's all sad, because he's after finding out Flint Marco's the killer. And also, MJ is mad at him for some reason. He can't understand why. So, like, he's just like, oh, man, I really wish I could kiss MJ or Gwen... Just one of them. Just, just somewhere. Want to kiss. Just want to. Just want to kiss somebody. And so he falls asleep, and he's all sad. But Shaw, what's still in his apartment? Little venom thing that was on his little bike a few days the ago. The thing that hasn't been addressed in an hour. Yeah, but sure, it's fine. Turned up in a meteorite. We we leave it away. Sure, that's what this film does. It brings up something and then leaves it away. So Harry's evil. Amnesia. Tig falls in a meteorite, attaches to a bike, goes away. Comes back a few days later when the plot needs it, Sean. So he's dressed as Spider-Man, waiting to hear of anything to do with Flint Marco, and the Venom crawls on top of him as he falls asleep, and then attaches him itself, which is a pretty cool scene. Um, and it's kind of horrifying, but it's good body horror. Kind of, yeah, like, it's Sam very Sam Raimi. Yeah, I feel Sam he's had fun is- with that bit of it. Yeah, and I think, like, like Doc Ock, you see it in the last movie, like, Sam Raimi's really good at that. Like, just a bit of horror, but like, it's not, like, outright horror, but it's just, like, creepy that, like, you yeah, see this unsettling. thing crawling up. The, um, um, I, I like the way the symbiote moves, by the way. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's really, really good. Um, I, I mean, it's not good when it forms, but it's good now. 
Mm. <laughs> um, so Peter goes, has like the black suit and he's just like he wakes up at the side of the skyscraper he's like what the fuck but he's like I feel so powerful oh man I feel so cool so he goes to Doc Connors and Doc Connors is like this is this is a symbiote like this is going to attach itself to a host and won't let go did you let I even touch you and Peter's like no not at all no, no, man no, no. you can trust no, no. me I'm Peter Parker <laughs> I've never lied to anyone. <laughs> Least of all um, those closest to me. And so he's all angry now, and it's like it's a like it's accelerated anger. So he goes after Flint Marco, and he hears about Flint Marco being somewhere. Uh, so he turns up, and this is actually, I will say, this is a really great action set piece on the train with him and Flint Marco, or like yeah, the two trains in the subway. Um, I my favorite shot of the whole. Probably the whole movie, maybe. No, actually, no, the Sandman scene is pretty great. But just as a Spider-Man shot, is you see him crawling along the roof, and then the, and then the train goes by, and the shadow gets filled. And so then he disappears, and Flint Marker turns around at that exact moment. And it's just, like, it's really good at showing, like, oh, this is a different Spider-Man. Like, he's, he's creepier, and he's darker. Yeah, and he's, like, hunting nearly in this scene. Like, he is yeah. actively looking for Flint Marker. What did you take of this trade fight? I, I look, I like it. It is a more brutal Spider-Man. It's like it's more brutal than you would expect for a family Spider-Man movie, which this is. Um, I, I like it, but I wish it had more consequences later down the line. Mm. Because it just kind of the way it worked. Like, I okay. First of all, the bit where Spider-Man erodes Sandman's head against the side of a train. That's pretty good. It's pretty. Uh, that's pretty neat. And then when he washes him down the drain, turning him into some kind of mud man, if you <laughs> and will. And then says, good riddance. <laughs> good it's riddance. It's not a good line. But Imagine like, Batman in the Batman voice saying, good riddance. <laughs> it doesn't... Because um, he, like, he says to Aunt May that Spider-Man killed Flint Marco. Mm. But that's kind of the end of it. Like, there's... They never really grapple with the fact that, suit or not, Peter Parker was willing to kill that man. Yeah. And and it's never addressed. Don't need to. So... Don't need to, don't need to touch on that at and all. And so this is our first sight of emo Peter Parker. And uh, yeah. he, he starts shouting at the... He fixes his hair in a mirror. So he's like, it's a bit more edgy. Which well, doesn't make fixes any sense. is a strong word, Connor. Fi- I mean, he just moves it like an inch to the left. It's the same hair. Um, and so then he, after he says good riddance, because, I mean, he just assumes this sad bad is dead. He's never seen him before. He's, se- he's met him once, and he hasn't seen him since, but he just assumes he's dead now. Can't reform. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And so... Can't dry yeah, out sand. Can't dry out sand. Everyone knows that. So um, he goes home and he still has a black suit on. And your man is like uh, Ditkowitz, the guy who owns the... Oh, by the way, we should mention Thomas Hayden Church broke his hand in that fight. Um, Oh, really? He broke three knuckles during the subway scene because um, what happened was he punches a pillar, like a a chunk of the wall away. 
Um, yeah. But what happened, that was meant to be fake wall. Fuck. And the effects told him that the middle one was going to be fake and the upper and lower ones are real. Unfortunately, the foam brick had not actually been put in place yet. So when Sam Raimi yelled action, Thomas Hinchurch punched as hard as he could and the stunt oh. double for Spider-Man jumped out of the way. He, bro- he broke three of his knuckles on the first take. That's awful. <laughs> Someone in the props department is getting fired. Like, you would have to get sued, surely. I, I, like, that is... And and so he just dealt with broken knuckles for the rest of the filming. I'd, unless they maybe probably shut it down for, like, four weeks. Maybe they just pushed the Sandman stuff out. That's but wild. Actually, I don't Imagine think the pain. There's not much Flint Marco as a normal human for the rest of it. When you think about I, it. Like, he's normally made of sand. That's very true. So, yeah, they could um, Yeah. The, um... But imagine, like, you're full sure that your hand is just going to go through this brick, and it yeah. doesn't. Like, he goes all in, like, that, as it goes, like, he did a proper punch, because he knew the stuntman's going to duck, and he's trying to break the fake wall, and make it look like a really cool shot, so he puts it all behind it, and snaps three of his knuckles. And the wall didn't budge, is what you're telling <laughs> the me. wall was brick, Sean, wall was oh, brick. Oh, right. <laughs> The old brick knuckle scissors now, game. Now, Harry would have survived that. Harry actually would have just had a slight scratch on one of his fingers. But the, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, not so much. Um, so, then we have MJ. She's all sad. Because, I mean, she has every right to be. And she rings Harry instead of Peter. And this leads us to an omelette scene, Sean, where this is... I have here, Jesus, this is bad. <laughs> They're dancing and making omelettes. What's wrong with that, Connor? It's just pointless. It is pointless. She's, but also it's. I guess it goes some way towards showing that like, this is there's going to be conflict between MJ, Harry, and Peter. Yeah. Um But why omelets? Wait, what would you what would you be accepting of? Pasta, maybe. I don't like think a there's much cooking pasta. Just boil That's the kettle. It. Put More the pot on. <laughs> time for a groove, you know what I mean? Um, so they kiss Sean, and MJ, by the way, kisses him, like fully, like grabs the back of his head and kisses him. And then Harry says, oh, sorry, like I shouldn't have done that. And I was just kind of like, here, Harry, I think she grabbed the back of your head. I feel like she was the instigator. She was trying to get back his old memories, just trying to claw him out with the back of his head. <laughs> and she did, actually, because Willem Dafoe shows up and starts shouting at Harry in a mirror when she leaves, and Harry's all of his memories just come back. What can you do? <laughs> Amnesia. It, it goes as easily as it comes. <laughs> they needed, here's the thing, they needed an hour where they could get a lot of Sandman and Venom stuff going, so they had to get Harry to have amnesia. You know how it is when you're writing a script. You just need to write around stuff. Yeah, you need one of your villains just out of commission so the other two villains can focus on being villains. Good taken. Good taken. So Harry attacks MJ when she goes home because now he's evil and he's like, you better break up, do this one thing or else I'm going to kill Peter Parker and you and everyone you love kind of thing. And so MJ decides to meet Peter in the park and Peter's put away his black suit now. He's back to regular Peter. Just regular shit dog Peter. And so he shows up at the park and MJ breaks up with him, Sean. What are your thoughts on this scene? Very believable breakup scene. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it, it's like Peter Parker, and I mean this in like 
a, a respectable it. way, I guess. Deserved <laughs> it. But also, he's fucking pathetic, isn't he? Like, because he's there begging. Like, a, still not seeing anything he's done no. wrong, by the way. No, he, it's one of those sorries, but I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Yeah, eventually she says that there's someone else. And that's yeah, why Gwen she's Stacey. Yeah. <laughs> she's with Gwen Stacy now. <laughs> I mean, Quinn Stacy apparently is right going through this whole group. But that's like, it's it it, it it's a mo- it's a moment where, like, it's being done because she's being told to. She's being told to break up with Peter. Yeah. But also, I feel she definitely wanted to break up with Peter as well. See, yeah, it's twofold. One, why would she agree to the plan when she knows her boyfriend is Spider Man? Regardless of if she hates him, if she's looking at Harry and she's like, oh, wow, Harry, you have a glider. My boyfriend is Spider-Man and you're like, oh, I'm going to kill your boyfriend if you don't do this. Surely she would just go onto the bridge and go, Peter, Harry's over there by that tree. <laughs> go kill him. Go, Yeah, just like jump really fast and rip his face <laughs> off. Jump really fast and I know you're like as strong as 15 people. Just go kill him. He's over there. He's just a regular dude <laughs> with a glider. I know his head is made of fucking rock, but still, like, but I, yeah, I just said, I think she wants to break up with him. It makes no sense either way that, like, she doesn't just tell Peter, first of all, and if she's going to break up with him, I mean, it's it's kind of like, oh, I'm scared Harry might hurt you. That's a ridiculous reason. You are right. I think she just wanted to break up with Peter because he's the worst. Yeah, he's been a shit human throughout this whole movie. So, And I think this is possibly Kirsten Dunn's best scene in the film, but I think I agree with you in that I think there's a lot of truth to it. <laughs> She's just telling Tom McGuire she doesn't like him. It's like, there's nothing about you that's appealing to me. <laughs> you have a very whingy face, Peter. That's all I'm saying to you. Um, so Peter is sad, and he goes to Harry, and he's like, Harry, MJ's after breaking up with me. Like, I'm, I'm devastated. Um, I don't know what to do. And Harry then really... Uh, shows that he is evil again and he's just like what can you do I'm the other man you little dickhead haha I'm eating um, some pie I'm eating some pie and the waitress is like what's the, the pie and he's like it's so good <laughs> and then there's a bit where Peter looks back into the restaurant and P- Harry's there and then a truck yeah. drives by and Harry's gone so it's Harry just he does a Batman disappearance but Harry's just a regular dude. Once again, I want to just stress that. Which means to me, he's either in the bathroom or he's crawling along the floor just underneath the windowsill. He's like army crawling his way out of the cafe. <laughs> just the bell rings and he's just like trying to sneak his way out. The, um... I, like... And it, it's a very quick truck passing as well. It's not like it's a big long truck. It's maybe a second and a half, He must have dropped... The minute he see the truck, he must just drop to the ground. He, he, what do you think he planned it, or he was just like, "Oh, a truck! I can do this now." I, I think he no. I think he was tra- thinking of like, "I need a cool exit here." So like, he's like, "Fuck, big truck, right? I have a second here. The minute this passes, I'm going to leave this pie on the table and just leap onto the wooden floor." And at this point, after this, is it the scene where Peter Parker goes full shipbird again? Yeah. Uh, like it's a montage of him being shit. No, it is a montage of he goes back and puts on the black suit and fully buys into the black suit mantra and then he goes to kill Harry. 
Excellent. That's what, okay. And so he, he turns up to the penthouse and him and Harry have a big fight scene. Um, and Harry has one of my Harry favorite... Harry punched wooden- through a mirror. He does get punched through a mirror. But first of all, he has one of my favorite lines where he says, How'd you like that, Spidey? When he throws him against the wall. That's a good one. I thought that was That's pretty great. Classic um, move. Classic move. And then he goes through a mirror and the two of them end up in the goblin uh, hideout. And Harry... It just gets punched up against the wall, and Harry's like, I'm gonna kill you anyway. And Spider Man's like, No, nah, you're not. You're shit, man. You're a little goblin. Oh, little goblin gonna cry? Because, I mean, Peter Parker's now also shit. <laughs> so they're all just. I'm watching this going, I hope a grenade blows the bottom up. Um, and so then Harry, in his last ditch effort, throws a bomb at Peter, and Peter grabs the bomb with a web and swings it around and throws it back at Harry, and it blows up right beside his face. And again, he survives that. Well, he just his head. Sean, have you seen this man's head? Like, you sure. know, canonically, he's got a very strong head. Like, sure, right? He's going to have amnesia for a short period, but then he's, he'll be right back. He'll be fine. He'll just he'll make some pancakes. And <laughs> Imagine then they gave him amnesia again. <laughs> just like, oh, it, it, it was right before he said something about Spidey. That's when yeah. he can remember up to. Um, so, um, what happens is, uh, then Peter is now, he's like full emo Peter. So he goes to Daily Bugle, and Eddie Brock apparently has framed Peter Parker, Sean. He's after... The, the wild days when someone taking digital photos uh, would be shocking. Because um, that's the thing, it's like, Eddie Brock was saying, oh, Spider-Man's a criminal, here's my photographic evidence. Mm. And Peter's like, these photos are fake. And then he gets fired. <laughs> and he just, he just picks up a different photo. And he's like, look, it's fake. And everyone's like, fuck, it's fake. So he embarrasses Eddie Brock in front of everyone. Just ruins his life. And so Eddie gets fired. And Eddie's not too happy about that, right? But what happens now is that Eddie gets fired. And Peter, we have Sean, what I like to call... A montage. Yeah. And so, what happens now is we have full emo Spider-Man. And Sean, this is probably one of the most famous montages in cinema history. But not for the right reasons. Sean, tell me what happens here. So, he needs some new threads, first of all. (laughs) He first of all needs jazz music. Needs jazz music. And he's dancing to the jazz music, but presumably no one else in the street can hear it. Yeah. Um, and he's just doing all these weird, very cringy, like, Batman 66 level dance moves. <laughs> I will say, by the way, that watching this with my girlfriend, this was the point where she was just like, what the fuck is going on? And just really loudly exclaimed, he's the fucking worst, I can't look at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I I I I feel the same, honestly. Um, mm. This scene is—it's such a weird inclusion, and it like it, it has its apologists as well, being like, "Oh, it just shows how much of a nerd Peter really is." But it's still a really thunderously dumb scene. Yeah, like it's meant to show, like, "Oh, this is what he thinks is cool," and so like the the symbiote doesn't make you cool, but it takes away your. I mean, your fears. So he's just being like full what he thinks is cool. So he's walking down the street like finger gunning, just like, yeah, yeah, cool. And he's looking at all the ladies like, yeah, they all want me. Of course they do. 
And so, but it's just awful. Like, it's so bad to watch. And rewatching it is so much worse. I just think it's one of the worst scenes put the film because it's not even funny. Like, if we could laugh at him and think, oh, he's so pathetic, this is weird. But I hate him before this, and this just makes me hate him more. Yeah, and it's it's it doesn't get any better from here. Um, like, he's still not reached rock bottom yet. <laughs> no, because we have to go to a, da- a jazz club, Sean. Jazz club. But, oh, I have to bring Gwen to a, da- a jazz club. Yeah, hey, baby doll, you got to go to a jazz club. Come on, me. <laughs> yeah, that's He's talking what he like said. a 1930s gangster. <laughs> so, also, I have my girlfriend update. Here's her exact quote upon seeing how he was dressed for this jazz scene. The little greasy head on the fucker. Is what she yeah. said. <laughs> it he is does very grill creamy. <laughs> Just, he looks awful. So he brings her dancing. I think this is the worst scene in the film. I mean, the jazz scene is bad, or the the dancing in the street is bad. This is worse. Like this is when so he bad. starts playing that piano, and then go, and then he starts talking. Um, can you remember what he says before start, the music starts playing? And so it starts like ticking his at his fingers. No, but it's fucking. <laughs> it's the worst line in cinema history maybe I know that much I don't know the exact words and I wouldn't want to repeat them I don't think mm. <laughs> and so we watch him dance and he's dancing with Gwen and it's meant to be like cool but it's not cool it's just like my body wants to like just dry up upon in itself and just like disappear like I just don't want to watch this anymore as the scene is going on um, um, girlfriend turned around to me at this stage and said, "Toby himself must be ashamed of this, surely." <laughs> Which First I think is true. Basis with Toby, <laughs> like Toby Maguire must be ashamed of this, surely. About what see what he's seeing on the te- There's no way he watched this scene back, thinking, "I did a good one there. That's a good scene." Yeah, like, and he's dancing around the club, and it's. Absolutely. It's so out of place for any Spider-Man movie. Any movie? Any movie. It's just, it's, it's a complete tone shift. Um, and then he hits Mary Jane. Yeah, because he gets into a fight with the the bouncer. And the bouncer's like, right, we're going to come outside. Come on now. And so Gwen hates him. MJ hates him. And then in the big scuffle, he accidentally hits MJ. He, he pulls his arm back and he like elbows her on the side of the head. Which... I feel like is perfectly in character right now. He looks shocked, but I was kind of like, that seemed like the natural progression. Yeah, you would do that. You would do that, Peter Parker, <laughs> would, in this movie. You were, I think we're meant to be shocked, but at this point I was just kind of like, no, that seems that seems about right. I, I was wondering when he was going to actually start punching MJ. And then he... And this, the next scene then is another one of this film's miraculous conveniences because Eddie Brock and Peter Parker both go to the same church then. Yeah, and Eddie Brock is there and he says, I want you to kill Peter Parker, to which I keep thinking in my head, we all do. And so, <laughs> but I don't think God takes requests like that. I don't, but unfortunately he doesn't at this point. But I was kind of like, Eddie, I'm with you. 
at this point, I really want them to do it as well. Um, Peter Parker turns up and he realises the suit is bad for him. And he didn't. He only realised that after he was punching MJ and, you know, taking Gwen out for dancing, but really just trying to get back at MJ and just being an absolute shithead for months and months. And being a now, shithead to his landlord's daughter as well. Yeah, Got, make me cookies. Make me cookies, um, oh, what, a, what a bad Because, you know, he's a little bit misogynist as well. You know, I don't think he needs to be a full dickhead. He's gotten full misogynist as well as dickhead. It's just a nice encapsulation of everything. Yeah, and so uh, Eddie puts in his request to murder Peter, and Peter tries (laughs) to tear off the black suit. Which looks cool, because he can't get it off. Yeah, also, absolute body double for Tobey Maguire there, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, every time he's in the suit, yes. But um, he he uh, he tries to get the suit off using the bell, and then he finally does get it off, and it starts dripping down onto Eddie Brock, who f- he looks up like seventy stories and just goes, "That's Peter Parker." Which there's no way, no matter how good glasses he has, and he's not wearing any. Even if you have twenty twenty vision, you cannot see that high into the air. Oh, he has thirty thirty. Ah, right, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. So, (laughs) Eddie Brock gets infected by the Venom, and we have the bit where he uh, slowly gets enveloped and then gets turned into Venom, Sean. This is your favourite version of Venom, I can only assume? Ah, he's, he's, ah, he's not good. Look, the symbiote effects look very good. Mm. I don't, this, ah, Venom, he's not intimidating as Venom at all. Apparently he put on like 30 pounds of muscle, but I... Don't still find Topher Grace intimidating in any way. No, he's not. Is he's not super imposing? I would say, like just in his stance um, as Venom. But but this means Peter's back, Sean. He's back to being good old Peter, the Peter good we old all red and blue. love. <laughs> red, white, and blue. He's just he's so nice as this version of Peter. So I'm so happy to see him. So, um, but coincidentally, Sean, while Peter's getting his life back on track, Sandman. Is just walking out an alleyway one time and starts fighting this guy that looks like Spider Man. Turns out it's Venom, and Topher Grace is like, "You want to kill the spider? I want to kill the spider. Let's work together. We'll both kill Spider Man. Perfect villain team up. Very seamless and natural, not forced mm. at all. No, and Sandman, who up until this point has just been a dude that like is kind of evil, but he also is just you know." I don't know, he says that stuff. he's meant to be good He's just like, yeah, fuck it, let's kill him <laughs> He's been robbing banks to try and pay for his daughter's treatment, I guess But now he wants murder again Just straight up murder, yeah He, yeah. Loves mur- he wants to end that family line, is what he wants What do you think of, um, then we move into the final set piece, Sean Because MJ, of course, has to be kidnapped This would not be a Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man movie Without the last act involving... Um, Kirsten Dunst trapped in some area screaming repeatedly and falling but still surviving I apparently she was told when she signed up for this like no you'll have something to do in the third act this time yeah I read that as well and it was meant to be Gwen in this scenario yeah and it's like oh well that was a fucking lie <laughs> and they reshot and then just put her in the, in the taxi I just think perfect I think it's the perfect encapsulation this film let's disappoint everyone so, yeah, um, yeah so ha- Toby's, Toby's like, Toby, <laughs> Peter Parker's like, I, I need- refuse to call him Peter Parker. That's actually a very good point. Mr. McGuire is like, 
I need help. I can't fight the two of them by myself. Who's the only person I know? Did I blow Harry his face up an hour ago? I did. But at the same time, I had time for a jazz club routine. So I think he probably has forgiven me. The amnesia probably set in now. Fingers crossed for amnesia. (laughs) So he goes to try and get Harry's help. And Harry's like, no, you moron. You just blew me up. It's like 10 minutes ago. So Peter goes off by himself. And he's like, fine, I'll fight them and I'll save MJ by myself. Harry's butler then finally, after two and a half years, is like, look, man, it was, you know, it was your father's glider that killed him. It wasn't Spider-Man. And I'm just sitting there thinking, why did you not tell him this, like, as soon as possible? Because he's been trying to kill Peter Parker for two and a half years. Yeah, like, you went down a real dark path there that you could have just (laughs) completely avoided. So, uh, all the audience are all surrounding this construction site. MJ's stuck in the taxi. Spider-Man shows up. Everyone's cheering and clapping, Sean. They're all so happy to see him. Um, then we have Topher Grace. He says the amazing line, Oh, my Spidey sense is tingling, if you know what I'm talking about. And then points at MJ. That's a pretty good line. That's a very... Oh, it's a... I forgot about that line. It's a very uncomfortable line. I know, to be fair though, Peter in this world is like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're not so bad after all. (laughs) We'll go for a fucking few drinks in the jazz club, will we? Ah, you absolute madman. Legend. (laughs) Legend. So, MJ, um... MJ tries to help Peter. Peter gets trapped by Venom. Venom's kicking the shit out of him. MJ drops a brick. Um, and there's a big fight scene, hits Venom and saves Peters at the last second. But then the truck falls. How is MJ not dead? She falls repeatedly but keeps grabbing onto different pieces of webs and just will not die, this woman. No, and and look, then Sandman gets involved in a big way. Yeah. And just fucking pummels Spider-Man. And then the, the news reporter is like, the brutality of it. We've never seen something like this. It's quite shocking. (laughs) Um, But, like, I just... I wanted to go on, oh, no. This would be a terrible thing now if they finally actually succeeded here. Like, just keep punching them. them. (laughs) Like, MJ surely is there, like, yeah, keep fucking hammering them. Just cut to credits after one of the punches. Um, but Harry shows up because he's trying to ruin all of our fun and Harry saves him um, and starts fighting uh, with Sandman uh, coincidentally J. John Jameson tries to take a camera off a young child and she's like oh, I'll give you a hundred dollars and he finally gives her a hundred dollars then she's like film's extra which when did she have time to take out that film I don't really get because she was taking photos before he arrived Unless she was just pretending to take photos. She was she was she was a plant trying to set up J. Jonah Jameson. Long con. Long con. It's a long con. Um, they save Peter or they save MJ, I should say. And um Harry says um Harry, Harry saves Peter but after this. So Peter finally they save MJ to get her out of the way. But then Peter's getting attacked by Venom and he's just about to die and the glider's coming in and Harry dies in front of it. And he takes the glider and he's like, I made the ultimate sacrifice. Aren't I cool again? And Peter's like, yeah. <laughs> My spidey fence is tingling, if you know what I mean. And he's pointing at MJ too. So, yeah, oh, you're dead. You're out of the picture. 
<laughs> my time to shine. Um, so Harry dies, Sean. Do you think this is a heroic death? It's kind of a worthless death. Why didn't he just like tackle Venom out of the way? Because that's not like emotionally resonant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, resonance. That'll play yeah. into things. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I just, I, I, there, I don't think there was a reason for him to die. Other than that, Sam Raimi was finished with the character. Yeah, I think he was done. And so he saves him. And then Peter uses this time to use a load of sound. So a load of pipes fall down. And Peter traps Venom in the big surrounding and just starts start, starts hitting the metal pipes against each other. And the cool Venom... Scene. It's actually a pretty cool scene. It's actually a really good way to beat Venom, which annoys me because it's, it's in this movie. But Yeah, but it's a very Peter Parker solution in that he uses science. Yeah, he uses science. And that leads into earlier on when he was talking about sound. Talk oh, then, it's, it's so good. It's the but one it's scene that movie. makes sense. <laughs> oh, and, and then... Like, and then the symbiote is able to survive without a host. Like, Eddie Brock is, like, kicked out of the symbiote. Um, and symbiote's just, like, this fleshy mass of venomy energy coming towards him. Um, and then, big explosion, Connor. Big big explosion. He uses Harry's bomb to blow up the venom. And Eddie Brock, at the last second, dives in and takes the bomb with him. So, venom just gets exploded. With, with Eddie Brock in it, but I think that would survive that, so I don't know what the story is. But he's meant to Bit be of amnesia. He now has amnesia, so now he remembers up until the point where he was angry at Peter Parker. Suspiciously good. Um, but then we forget one more villain shot. We've solved two of them. You didn't think it was over, because we have a third villain, so Flint Marico has to turn up. thing to resolve. And Finn Marco's like, I didn't have a choice. And he explains, like, I didn't want to kill Uncle Ben. I accidentally shot him. I love that man. He was like a father to me. And Peter's like, you are, you're, you are, um, you are forgiven, right? I forgive you. I forgive you because you're a good person. I mean, you've done nothing but beat the shit out of me and rob people and do real bad stuff and you killed Uncle Ben. But at the same time, you seem pretty cool. So I'm going to let you go. You only did all that stuff because you wanted to do it. (laughs) And look, I always do things I want to do too. So together we're like the same. So Flint, lay one on me. (laughs) They love it. Flint, come on. Is MJ looking? She has to be looking. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense if she her heart doesn't get broken at least four more times. So Peter forgives Flint and I just keep taking this thing as never ending because then we have to go back down to Harry in the tree and I have to have a moment where Harry's still alive and he's like, <coughs> tell my, my father I love him. <laughs> and then he dies and they watch the sunrise over New York. Yeah, it's real good. It's really a, it's a really nice moment, and we end the movie with a funeral because, of course, and Harry chose to be the best of himself is said in the narration, which I don't think is strictly true because nope. he was just good for a twenty-minute span, and he was a bit of a shithead for about four years. Yeah, he was not the best version of himself for the latter half, like the latter bits of his life. No. Uh, just like five minutes at the end there before he dove like, in front he did of some one good thing but he tried to kill you and MJ so many times he took hostages like <laughs> um, and 
MJ takes him back at the very end for some unknown reason, Sean. And that is how this film ends with MJ like giving him a hug and be, and they just have this moment of reconciliation and it's all lovely. And I just keep thinking he doesn't deserve any happiness. And I'm really glad that that man was sad for so long. Like it's nothing. I, I get it was like an alien influence and a different suit and all that. But fundamentally, Peter Parker still did all those things and he never has to like address them. No, just move on. Just move on. Just have have a nice time with your lab partner now. That won't cause any issues. <laughs> Plan what on me. They love it. Sean, what are your thoughts on this film? Um, it's, yeah, go on. Look, it, it, I'm, I'm, it's worse than I remember. Um, but it's about what I expected, honestly. Um, there are like little gems of moments in there where it's you know pure Spider-Man or pure Peter Parker and it makes sense. But it's all fleshed out with the most convoluted movie plotline uh, I think I've ever watched. And I think the soundtrack is really great. Yeah, it's um, it's not uh, Hans Zimmer, but it's someone who worked it's, with him. It's I Danny think. Elfman. Danny Elfman, yeah. Um, and and it's 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 excellent. Like every time that uh, the team rises for Spider Man, like I feel like that Spider Man. And I think that's probably the best. Like I'm like, oh yeah, this is heroic. Unfortunately, I'm looking at Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire. So I'm kind of like, you're not Spider Man, but at the same time, like, what's that team rise? And I do think the soundtrack is great. I think it's really well done. The performances, Tobey Maguire, awful. Don't like him in any way. Um, <clears throat> Carson Dunst, I think, is kind of folding it in. She's not great, but she's not the worst. She's probably the best of a bad bunch. Yeah. James Franco doesn't want to be there. Thomas Hayden Church, he is pretty decent, but he gets limited screen time. Topher Grace, Sean, what are your thoughts? Topher Grace is playing exactly the character he was told to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think of Bryce Dallas Howard? I think she's good. She's not given a lot to do, unfortunately. Um, no. But she's a good Gwen Stacy, I think. Um, then we also have Rosemary Harris, who I think is really great as Aunt May, but she doesn't really get a lot to do other than the board that bores to tears at one point. And as always, the highlight is J.K. Simmons, who is Jake. always excellent. Always on form in these movies, and in all movies. Uh, in um, all movies. Um, I think the cast is just, like, I think in 2007, that's a strong cast. But now looking back on it, I don't think it is. <laughs> No, it is a mixed bag of a cast. Um, like a, it's it's much more in line now with like the cast of an indie movie rather than a superhero blockbuster. Yeah, and and I think in the first one, I think a lot of them are trying their best. But by the time this third one came out, I I could you get the impression like Franco doesn't want to be there at all. Um, Topher Grace is coming from that seventies show. I don't think he's a good cast as Eddie Brock. I think Kirsten Dunst doesn't really want to be there either. <laughs> Tom Maguire, we don't really like. I mean, Tom Maguire, the man, I'm sure, is lovely, but as Peter Parker, I don't think he's well cast. Um, Thomas Hayden Church is coming off some pretty good success at this point, and I think he's pretty good in the role. He, he does what he can with it. Bryce Dallas Howard, we know, is a very talented lady. And, of course, J.K. Simmons, as you said, stand out. It made $900 million off a $350 million budget, Sean. Is this... I think they had planned a four, five, and six, but we probably should be happy that this is the end of it. Yeah, I don't think there was a way up from here. 
um, mm. unless like you have a very clear vision and one person has very clear control but it can't be another instance of a studio making the movie like a you know made on a whiteboard kind of a deal and actually I think the set pieces are really great as well like the the, the, the crane going through the skyscraper like I think that's all really good like it all oh yeah, great. and all the web swinging and stuff looks fantastic in these movies. Yeah. Which is, like, all of the the functional stuff, like, all the stuff that we might pick up on and say, oh, that's not very good, like, it's all great. Like, all the scenes are set perfectly, the, all the structures are great, the action set pieces are great, the soundtrack is great. It's just what's happening in between all those scenes. <laughs> that's the problem. That's what lets it down a bit, yeah. Not even a bit, a lot. Uh, it's a the lot. weakest part of the movie. How many um, Weetabix are we giving this out of five? Oh, I, I, I think it's like stale Weetabix I found in the back of the cupboard. There's two of them mm. left, but I don't want to eat either. I think that's probably my rating as well. I was actually going to say two stale Weetabix. Hey. <laughs> like, they used to be good, but now they're not really. Like There's remnants of what could be there, but it's just all dry and not likeable. Yeah, and I can totally see how it could have been great. But... It's yeah. just now, now they're stale and awful. So I think that's it for this month's Lazarus Pit episode, Sean. My God, what a what a movie to end mm. the month of February on. Um, hopefully, the 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 draw from the hat is a bit a bit more positive next month. Um, but I think there's very few good movies on there. Um, now, if you if anyone listening has any ideas for movies they want to add into the hat. Um, send them in. They can be good. They can be bad. They can be indifferent. Um, but like we're we're always looking to add to it, and it just gives us more to pull from. Um, so if you have a favorite movie, uh, they're generally comic booky related. Um, but we, we we've kind of just said ah, uh, it, it's just nerdy movies is what we'll watch. And I, w- I do want to stress that um, the mugs actually for uh, the very kind people who have moved up to the $15 or more a month, so those Patreon exclusive mugs, they have been sent out by Patreon themselves, so you should be getting them at some stage. I don't know what the time is on the delivery of everything, but so that we have the three tiers, so it's $2, $5 is you get all the Lazarus pits and everything, and then you get your name in the description and name set on the show. There's a $15 which you'll get, um, you get your own Patreon exclusive mug, Patreon exclusive shirt and a Detective Divinment badge. So that is on the $15 tier. Um, so the mugs have been sent out and the shirts will be sent off later on in March. So it's pretty it's pretty cool that all those people, you will be getting the very first versions of those mugs. They, you cannot get them on the merch store. They are just strictly for the Patreon. Yeah, and the, I, again, thank you all, seriously, for supporting us. Um, as we said at the start, it's been... A year since Spider-Man 2 uh, that we covered. And a lot has changed. About, you what? A lot has changed, Sean. A lot year. has changed. A lot has changed in that year. So just thank you everyone for sticking with us. Thank you to everyone who joined during that year. Um, you've you, you, you really helped help, help motivate us, help keep us going during, let's be honest, 2020 was the Spider-Man 3 of years. <laughs> It was, it was. But yeah, no, I, we just want to say a massive shout out to everyone. We're not going to plug any of the, the Twitter or the Facebook. Anyone who's here kind of knows all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say just tell one human being that if they want to get onto the Lazarus pits, they can. That's that's kind of a thing. Absolutely. And change your names to whatever you want on Patreon. 
Uh, yes. Because that's a fun game that I enjoy playing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's it for this month's Lazarus Pit, Sean. Uh, so I've been Connor Lawrence. I have been Sean Mead. And we'll see you next month, guys. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.